0: You're listening to Spice Radio's The Morning Buzz with Mankiran Adjala and we are speaking to Dr. Zafar Adil. He is the Executive Director of Pacific Water Research Center and Professor at Simon Fraser University. We're going to talk about how the Sunshine Coast has declared a state of local emergency as a drought drags on and the area risks running out of drinking water. We're going to talk about what BC needs to do to deal with this unprecedented drought. Zafar, thank you so much for joining us this morning
1: good morning man kirin it's a pleasure uh, ha- being with you today
0: what do you think of this drought that we are currently seeing in BC?
1: well in some ways the magnitude is unprecedented but the uh, situation with uh, with drought itself is not that unique we've had this before historically speaking uh, so uh, and, and the uh, the uh, situation in the Northern Pacific Ocean, is basically what's driving this uh, unusual weather pattern. It's called the marine heat heat wave, where the uh, water in the ocean is uh, heated uh, considerably above its normal average temperature.
0: And, you know, I want to, like, when we talk about this drought especially, right, and if you keep on seeing this on a yearly basis, you know, what are the consequences it's going to have?
1: Well, we need to take a pretty serious look at how we use and consume water we need to put in a place uh, water conservation uh, approaches that are uh, all the time instead of just waiting for a drought to hit us. And in order to uh, do that, we need to uh, maybe revisualize how water is used for irrigation, for example, how we as consumers uh, use water on a day-to-day basis, for example, how long a shower do we take, how many times do we use the laundry uh, machine, etc.
0: And actually, you know, that's a really interesting point you bring up there. I mean, do we have conversations about what we all can do every single day, you know, when there is a drought that hits, or even before the drought happens, how do we conserve water?
1: Yeah, so uh, in, in general, I think there's a tendency among uh, Canadians to think that we are very rich in water. Uh, and while that's true on the aggregate, if you look at the overall freshwater volume and divided by the number of people, yes, we have a lot of water. But when you look at some of the larger urban areas, uh, the situation is that uh, uh, we we do uh, tend to exceed the water that's available. So those discussions about water conservation typically don't tend to take place just because people perceive that we have enough water and we don't need to worry about it. And we know from experience that that's not true.
0: Now, Dr. Adil, we just had the municipal election not too long ago, and we always talk about you know, what role governments can play. But in particular, what role does local government play?
1: Yeah, so I was saying that a lot of the action in terms of water conservation needs to take place at the municipal level, and that means municipal governments have a critical role to play, and particularly as we have new uh, leadership coming in in most of the municipalities in the Vancouver area. I think this is a very good time to have those conversations about, uh, uh, you know, how to uh, make people aware of uh, water scarcity and how to incentivize behaviors that could lead to conservation on an ongoing and long-term basis. Mm.
0: And you talked about incentivized behaviors. Are there any examples, you know, that we could follow here in BC that maybe other parts of the world do?
1: yeah i'll I'll give you one uh, I used to live in Oakville, Ontario, and uh the municipality there had an incentive that if you took out your old uh toilet flush and put in a more uh, a newer one which was uh, reducing the water consumption uh something uh, almost by ten fifteen liters uh you would get seventeen dollars back on your purchase so so there are those types of incentives which uh on specifically reducing uh the the water consumption uh the other one is to make people aware in terms of how much water is used uh uh, while we take showers and it's something like 19 to 20 liters a minute so every minute you save uh in in, in, you know during your shower that's water saved and, and not used and i think generally we probably don't understand very well here in the Vancouver area that our water supply is limited, and there's basically three large reservoirs in the north that provide us water. And if they drop uh, below a certain level, then we would be in serious difficulty.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, And Dr. Adil, do you find that when it comes to, you know, tackling issues of climate change and policy, I feel like we tend to be very reactive than proactive, right? So, like, what are some proactive measures we can take here?
1: I think the the most important thing is to um, start a public dialogue and to raise the awareness level on on what these issues are, and the the underlying theme should be that the these kind of uh, climate patterns that we're now seeing, where you're seeing uh, heat domes like last year, we're seeing extended droughts, and we're seeing forest fires, and all of these combined are becoming more frequent and more intense. And so we need to have a conversation about how it's affecting us, how to protect the most vulnerable, and also what are some of the ways we can conserve. Uh, And one footnote I would add there is that uh, while we're talking about water conservation, we also have to think about energy conservation because most of our energy comes from hydropower and when you have a drought situation like this, our energy generation capacity is also uh, impacted. Dr. Adil, uh, when I come from India and I do know that we have water issues even in a city like Mumbai. Now, how do you think a first world country like Canada fares in terms of being aware of water conservation and being more mindful of it? Yeah, I I think uh, generally speaking, uh, we're we're, uh, pretty good in terms of technologies for uh, treating and and cleaning water and making it available to all the citizens and in that sense we're uh, much more advanced than uh, any any developing country. Uh, but where we fall short is uh, making people understand uh, that water is a finite resource and uh, we need to be uh, much more conservative in its uh, in its usage. If you compare the the mindset in many of the developing countries where people are much more acutely aware of how precious water is, and they are uh, much more uh, cognizant and and responsive to water conservation approaches. So that's where we we fall back. I mean, we have lots of technology and resources uh, but our attitude towards water I think is not quite right at at this point. Mm.
0: Dr. Adil, I want to thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go?
1: No, I I think uh, I'm really, uh, you know, keen to be part of these uh, these dialogues, and and I think uh, the uh, Pacific Water Research Center at Simon Fraser University is playing a key role in triggering these discussions about uh, adapting to climate change and and moving towards more uh, optimistic attitudes and, uh, you know, looking at new solutions. So I think that's where we need to take our conversation and... Instead of worrying about doom and gloom, talking about really some interesting innovations that can help us cope with these challenges. Mm -hmm.
0: Well said. Thank you so much again. You take care.
1: Thank you very much, Martin. Bye-bye.